0: As always, it is uh, wonderful to uh, be here this morning, and uh, to see you all, and uh, thank you again for uh, having me here. Um, so our, uh, our text for today is Romans 5, 1 through 21. So, and uh, it's Romans 5, 1 through 21, I'll go ahead and read that. Excuse me. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of glory of God. And not and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance and perseverance character and character hope and now now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the holy spirit who has given it given to us for when we were still without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through, uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Therefore, just as... "...through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgressions of Adam." Uh, transgressions of Adam who is a type of him who has come but but the free gift is not like the offense for if by the one man's offense many died much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man Jesus Christ abound to many and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation but the free gift which came from many offense resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as the one man's offense Uh, Judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, though one man's righteousness act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the war, the offense might abound, but where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's pray. (sighs) Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this uh, wonderful day. And I just thank you for the opportunity that uh, you gave us and uh, to be here. And Lord, I just pray that we would, as we come before you, that we would uh, keep our our ears and in our hearts and minds on your word. And Lord, I just pray that we would have, as we go through this, we'd have a a, a full understanding of where our hope is and who it is in. And Lord, I just uh, pray this, and I just thank you for for all you do for us and being a sovereign God. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so um, I was. Uh, thinking um about this and as when i was given uh hope something kind of uh occurred to me and i kind of thought this uh before when it was happening but uh, how many remembers uh 2020 (laughs) yeah that's yeah everybody right and it's pretty it's a pretty uh you know, so pretty historic thing that happened in 2020, right? COVID hit. One thing that was interesting to me about COVID was God shattered four things that people held on to, and they are this. And, what, and by that, what they were putting their hope in. And I believe this is one of the, the four things that people were putting their, their hope in. One was science. There's nothing wrong with science, but we saw how far that got us. Two is, uh, uh, the other one was um, uh, uh, government, right? People try to put their hope in the government, the government will save us. Well, not being political, but we saw how that went. The other one was, uh, um, the third one even was false teachers false religion, and we see that. We saw that unfortunately in the quote, unquote" church. Saw guys like, I don't know, just don't name names, saw guys like, uh, who I believe it was Kenneth Copeland, right? He blew away COVID. Yeah, well, again, saw how that went, saw where their hope was in, right? Didn't work, did it? The fourth one that I saw people um, putting the trust in, and maybe is the, the most, uh, I don't know, possibly the most uh, devastating one, or, or telling one is self. People try to, to isolate themselves, protect themselves, do all this kind of stuff, right? And the hope was in themselves. Not one of those things worked, did it? And God, I feel that one of the things that, that happened during COVID is God took those and he shattered every single one of them. And he showed them for what it was. And, and I think we have an opportunity, hopefully, to learn from that. And I think we're going to, as we come um, during this, and it's Christmas season, we're going to talk about hope. But here's the thing, hope isn't just for Christmas. It's a year-round thing, and it's an eternal thing, right? So it's not just for Christmas time. and it is good to reflect on that, but we need to know where our hope is in 24-7, 365 days a year. And we need to, and well, I'll go into that further, but all the time. And I'll go further into why. But I want us to understand um, what hope is. And and not only what hope is, it's who hope is, more importantly. I I would like to give us a definition of what hope is. And I actually got this from uh, uh, the 1828 Webster Dictionary. I I highly... um, highly recommend that. It's actually kind of interesting because when I was in the seminary class, um, I had one of the guys that was teaching. He told us about the the 1828 Webster Dictionary. It's probably one of the most things I have used out of that class was the 1828 Webster Dictionary. And uh, so I'm going to share from that and uh, tell you what he says about what hope is. It's not a different definition I don't think you're going to get in the modern dictionary. Let's put it that way. And he gives several things. One, a desire of some good accompanied with at least a slight expectation of obtaining it, or a belief that is obtainable. Hope differs from wish and desire in this that it implies some expectation of obtaining the good desire or the possibility of possessing it. Hope, therefore, always gives pleasure or joy, whereas wish. And desire may produce or be accompanied with pain and anxiety. Now we can stop there. But he goes on. Number two. And I like this. This is where where we're getting the heart of things. Confidence in a future event. The highest degree of well-founded expectation of good. As a hope founded on God's gracious promises. A scriptural sense. Three. Or actually, and then underneath that, he says, A well-founded scriptural hope is in our religion, the source of inf- infallible happiness. And then number three, That which gives hope, he or that which furnishes ground of expectations or promises desired good. The hope of Israel is the Messiah. And, we're gonna, um, and then number four, An opinion or belief not amounting to certainty, but grounded on substantial evidence. The Christian indulges a hope that his sins are pardoned. Yeah, I don't find that in today's dictionary, are you? Not at all. And that's why I like this. If you have a smartphone, for those of you who have smartphones, you can get that on there and you can type. It's pretty cool. Like I said, he was obviously a very... uh, 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 godly man is kind of interesting that that the definitions, a lot of the definitions were rooted in God, in the word of God um, and that shows you we're not going to talk about that a little bit but it shows you how far we went in a couple hundred years right? Um, now it's the opposite, they want to take that out but, so that that is the, the what he says is hope and I agree with every single one of that those, and what hope is, and like I said it's not only what but who, and we're going to take a look at that and I, I, I titled this, I, I, I can't, I didn't look at the bulletin, so I don't know if it's in here, but I entitled this, Hope, Past, Present, and Future. Now, so for us to look at this, and of course this is past, present, future to us. Of course, as we know, God is sovereign and God is in control now, then there's no time to God. But for us, we're going to kind of look at it chronologically for our sake, so it's easier for our mind to to understand. So to do that, for past, we're going to go to the beginning really quick. Before we go into our text, I want us to go to the very beginning. Genesis 3.15, that's where it starts. And I want to read that, just kind of give us an idea because we're going to be touching on this. And because Paul also mentions this and talks about, not necessarily 315, but he goes and talks about uh, Genesis. We're going to look at that. And he talks about Adam. So I want us to see that so we know um, where it starts. So Genesis chapter 3, and we'll go ahead. I'm going to go 12 just so we kind of got a little more context here. It says, Then the man said, The woman who gave gave to be with me, she gave me uh, of the tree, and I ate. Of course, he's, bl- he's blaming Eve. Mm-hmm. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust and days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And here we go. This is where hope comes in, ladies and gentlemen. Don't miss this. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, what, of course, is he talking about here? This is obviously, he's not talking just to the serpent here. He's talking to Satan. He's talking about Satan. Um, and there's in, enmity between him and us, right? And not only because of they sinned, because of Adam and Eve sin, which we're going to talk about, but there is now enmity between us and God. But, you know, I hear a lot of people say, well, God is just a, a, a mean God and a horrible God. And how would he do that? And, and this. But here's the thing. As it says... He shows us right there that there is hope because it said that he will crush his head. And who is he and who is he talking about there? Jesus Christ. God could have just left it. But even in that, he gave us hope. And it didn't, and, and it didn't stop there. Right? And, we're, and I, we could just stop there. But we're going to go and we're going to talk about that further on. And we're going to go back to our text. But that's where, that's the past. God gave us hope in Jesus. And we're going to look at this even more as we go through Romans 5. And what's interesting, as I was looking at Romans 5, is I was told hope, I was like, man, what am I doing to talk about on hope? And there was a few things. But then I came to Romans 5. And as I did so, it was kind of cool because as I was looking at it, I was like, man, this is kind of is a Christmas themed thing, and I'll show you a little bit, or as what we call Christmas, and I'll show you a little bit as we go through that what those are. I have to find my place again. <laughs> um, but it was it, it it is kind of cool that how that uh, plays out and it works that how, um, if you will, in our in our sense is a uh, Christmas thing. Mm. So we start there, and before we dwell, dive in, Paul here is talking in chapters three and four. He's talking about justification. What justification is, is? In a nutshell, it means it's a kind of a legal term. Basically, means that we get it's get God's righteousness. He deemed us. Righteous and he get God gives us his, his righteousness, right? And I talked about that many times. So that's what he's talking about, that's, that's what he has been talking about. Is and that, and then that's why we get, therefore, having been justified by, by faith, like I said, we were justified by what God did it, through our faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, and again, right, what was, I said it's kind of a Christmas thing, and I know other people are going to talk. What is it you hear? Peace, right? Peace on earth. I'm not going to go a lot into this, but I want to touch on this to kind of give you maybe, I think one of the other guys is going to talk on this, what I understand. But I want to touch on this. What is peace? You hear that, right? You hear people say, well, peace, peace on earth, and we just want peace. Well, what he's talking about isn't meaning that there's not going to be wars. He's not talking that we're all going to get along. That's not what peace is. What this is talking about is that, as I discussed, that there was enmity between us and God through Jesus Christ. When he died on the cross, we now have peace with God through what he did. Because he now sees us as he saw his son, and that gives us peace with God. That is true peace, ladies and gentlemen. That is what peace is. And you're not going to find peace outside, real peace outside of Jesus Christ. It's not going to happen. Although our world surely tries. And we're going to go into that a little more. All right. And it says, uh, Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through them whom you also have access by faith into grace, in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, I'm, <laughs> I, I said that, This was uh, past, future, and present, right? Well, I'm gonna go jump a little bit and we're gonna go to the future because this kind of screwed up my scheme a little bit, but that's okay. So we're gonna go to the future and then jump back, you know, Uh, we're gonna be uh, like uh, Michael J. Fox. Um, And uh, so, um, so what this is saying here is basically not only do we get salvation through Christ. We have hope for in the future, for when we go to heaven and when we die, we also have glory with Jesus, right? We also, he gave us his glory. Now that doesn't mean that we are God. Don't misunderstand that. That's not what I'm saying, but he gave us his glory. And part of that is we will have Um, Actually, people say we have new bodies. We won't have new bodies. We'll have the same bodies. They'll just be be glorified bodies. And we will have that hope. And we have hope in God and the glory that we too will be in heaven forever and eternity and share the glory of God. And that's hope. And then he goes this. And not only that, which you think would be enough, right? He doesn't stop. And this is kind of what and this is kind of going maybe back into the present. It may not be for us yet, but I think we're gonna get there. And and I think it's coming, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. And it, it says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. Now, um, you were probably wondering why Bill read Romans 1, uh, 18-32, because I asked him to. And here's why. As we saw that, right, we, we saw what was happening then. And God gave him over. Is't that exactly what's not happening it is exactly happening in our nation and around the world right now? And he so, said, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, because if they are hostile to God, what do you think they're going to be to us? And this is what, I, what I'm saying is tribulations, and by the way, tribulation means it's kind of like an idea of a grip being squeezed, right? That's a good. Demonstration, right? Isn't it? We want to be squeezed, and it's getting the juice. But here's the thing, and here's our hope. But we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in us. So we have hope in God, and the whole thing with with tribulations and trials. Is, it, is God trying to purify us through fire, if you will. It's like a gold, right? And you purify gold. You're taking those impurities and you're get, taking out the impurity and making it uh, gold. That's the idea and that's what the concept here is he's getting at. And we have hope. Even though things are going to get hard, our hope is in Christ. And this is something that we need to understand. And um, one thing I was was talking about to David earlier, as before, I was listening to, um, I I happened to to listen to the the Q&A of uh, the Puritan um, conference with John MacArthur and uh, John Piper, which I believe, David, you guys were at. And um, they were were asked a question, and uh, the question was, as a pastor, how would you, uh, prepare. I think if I remember right, I think the question was something like, how would you prepare your congregation or, or what do you tell people about persecution? And I think was the question. And first MacArthur answered and he gave an okay answer. I love John MacArthur, but it was John Piper's answer that really got me. And he said this, he said, what we need is we need to talk. He said, we should have been talking about this 50 years ago is the sovereignty of God. That is what we need to be discussing in our pulpits even now when there is, quote, unquote, hope. When things aren't being persecuted. Why? Because if you, don't, if you have the know and understand the sovereignty of God, when those things come, you will be prepared. And you won't be taken out of the fight. And, to, and then we understand who's in control. And that is where our hope is in. Trust me, when I tell you this, that you, that it is something you need to understand now, you need to have that foundation. You need to have that hope in who God is. Because, and here's another thing, and this is actually kind of where, where this chapter is actually about. It's about security and salvation. In our salvation as Christ. And he said, Well, what? What, is, what does that have to do with anything? Here's why because people like that are going to come to you and they're going to try to make you doubt your salvation. They're going to come to, to you and they're going to tell you that you are wrong, that you are a bigot, that you are an idiot, that you are a fool for believing what you are believing. And you need to know what you are believing. And it's coming, ladies and gentlemen. It may not be here now, but I do believe soon it will be. And I think it, we are seeing it. Maybe not on a huge level, but it is happening. And that is why we need to know where our hope is and our salvation. In Ephesians 6, Jesus said, put on, or, uh, Excuse me, not Jesus, Paul said, put on the helmet of salvation. Because that is what girds all of this up. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to lose your salvation. Do not misunderstand what I am saying here. You can't. God has you. Nothing can call you out of his hands. But Satan sure can put you out of the fight where you're over here sniffling and not getting into the fight where you need to be in and fighting for the gospel. Okay? So that's what he's saying. And we need to do And that's not just individually, by the way, this is as a church. Not just individually, but as a church. And I won't go in there, but if you understand Ephesians 6, when he's talking about the armor of God, and, um, that's the whole thing. If you understand military history, it, it means that everybody was together. I, I digress. I'm not trying to get too far down that rabbit hole, and I apologize. But my point is this. That people will make you try to doubt God. God. And we know what our hope is, right? What we just read. We know what hope is. We know where it is. We can't. But here's the thing. Here's the other part. People are going to try that. And we always look at those people. Oh, man, it's a horrible world. It's such a bad place. And and it has gotten bad. I just said that. But here's the thing. And we go to move down to verse 6. For when we were still without strength, meaning... We can't do this on our own. We did nothing for our salvation. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Ladies and gentlemen, there is still hope for those people that we just talked about in Romans 1. And that hope, as we're going to see and we have talked about, is Jesus Christ. And that is why, like I just said, as individuals and as... A church, we need to be pointing to the hope that we have. And that's exactly what Paul, I believe it was Paul said. um, No, actually, I believe it was Peter. I can't remember which one. said that you be ready to give the hope, right? The hope that is in you. And so it's not just, so that's what we need to realize. And we were the ungodly people at one point too. And that's what he's saying. And he goes on. For, and he says, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. And what is he saying here? He's saying that we, we, wouldn't, even, we wouldn't even think about dying. Maybe for somebody we love, maybe. Somebody who we thought was a good person. We might. Maybe. But certainly not somebody who was a sinner. But listen to this. It says. For. <clears throat> but God. Demonstrates his own love. Towards us. And that while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Much more than having been ju- justified by his blood. We shall be saved From wrath. Through him. So that so, so there you see, because what Jesus did on the cross for us, we are saved. And he died for us who were a sinner. And again, I, I know I've said this in a couple of my my sermons before, but sometimes we can do that. And, and we can look at the world and we can look down at them and we say, Oh, those sinners are doing sinner thing, and I'm not, but so were we. But now, because we have hope, we should be able to go to other people and tell them what Jesus did. Right? And he died for us. He died for me, a sinner. As Paul said. Paul, right? She said, I was one of the worst sinners. He said, I, I was horrible. If I do not remember the exact quote, but he said that. I think it's in, uh, I think it's actually Romans 7. He says something like that, that I was, I was too. <clears throat> and here's the thing and here's another hope much more than having been justified by his blood we talked about that what justifying was right we shall be saved from wrath through him isn't that that's hope right there right we know that we don't have to worry about the wrath of God that we are saved that we are saved from God and from his wrath. Now, that doesn't mean that we should go around and sin, right? Nope, because just let's just jump the page, chapter six, verse one. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? And I'll stop there. But my point is is um that yes. We have hope. We have hope in Christ because we don't have to worry about that. We can spend eternity with Christ. And like I said, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean we still can do what we want and sin. I'm not saying that, as I just read. But here's the thing. For and then he goes on. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by life. And of course, the life he's talking about is through Jesus. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Again, he's saying what we have discussed, saying we are saved through Jesus Christ. And then he goes, therefore, and now he goes back. We go back to the, if you will, That was kind of the present. Now we can go back in a way back into the past. So here he goes. He says, Therefore, just as though one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned, right? For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Now, what is he saying there? He's not saying people still sinned, just because there wasn't the law. And, he's, and there was still death. He's not saying that because there was law that people didn't sin. What the law did was it was a mirror that showed us who we are, right? It convicts us of what our sins and it shows and reflects that we need a Savior. The law wasn't ever designed necessarily to save us. But it showed us that we needed that Savior and that Savior is Jesus Christ. And so what he's saying, because you go back, what happened to the flood? Did they have the blood in the flood time? Nope. Were they sinners? Yep. Did God destroy them? Yep. So, so that's what he's saying here. He's saying that there's still no excuse for the sin that, they, that happened. But he's saying, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of transgression of Adam, who is a type who was to come? Because right, because the wages of sin is death, and he says that in uh, I believe chapter three. But the and here's another thing. Here we go. We're gonna go Christmas again. Follow here, right? Presents, right? Everybody likes presents on Christmas, right? So here we go. We're gonna go with Chris or presents. You want to talk about the present that we should be thinking of, the gift that we should be talking about? It's right here. But for the, but the free gift is not like the offense. Excuse me a second, let me back up here. Yeah, but the, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense, many died, much more the grace of God. And the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For judgment, which came from the offense, resulted in condemnation. But the free gift, which came from many of offense, resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned, through the one much more, those who received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Um, actually, we're going to keep going. Okay, I'll stop there. So what is he saying? So what is that? What is the free gift? Righteousness. We got God's righteousness like I have said many times. He gave us that gift. We didn't have to do anything, right? That's what a gift is. Somebody hands it to you. All you may have to do is open it. Um, but he gave it freely, his righteousness. Let's go quickly to... Um uh, Ephesians, we'll go to Ephesians 2.8 and it says this. Let me get get it there. This will be faster so I'm going to do it on here. Ephesians 2.8, it says, uh, for by grace, let's see, let me see if this is what I want. Yeah. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not, of." uh, uh Oh, sorry, let me back up a little let's go to verse four or verse four, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love in which he loved us, even when there were dead and trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the age to come he might show his exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in. Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is, here we go, this is what I wanted the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So there there it is. So, talking about um, through faith, not of yourselves. And that's what we need to talk about, the the gift. That's what God gave us. And that's why it's so important to remember on Christmas what God did for us. And then it goes on. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies, and, or oh, excuse me, let's back up a little bit. It says, uh, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead and <clears throat> indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it and lost. We, we talked, oh, sorry, that's the verse six. My bad. <laughs> I was wondering what was going on here. I'm sorry, I jumped way over. Um, sorry about that. Uh, All right, so verse 18. Therefore, as though one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteousness, act the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered and therefore... The offense might uh, might abound, but where sin abounds, grace abound much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And ladies and gentlemen, that's hope. What is it? let me read that again? But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that's the hope we have when we are a Christian. We have that eternal life. And that's what, what we need to also be telling those people from Romans 1. That's hope, ladies and gentlemen. When we remember Christmas, when Jesus came, you know, I, I don't know how many of you Knew this, but I'm going to share this. About three weeks ago, four weeks ago, maybe now, my wife and I lost our son. Our unborn son. God chose to take him. One thing that has helped me personally is that hope. And here's the hope that I have that I will someday. See my son in heaven, and here's why. It's not anything I did. It's not anything my unborn son did. It's the hope because Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. That I and like I was telling Dave, my son or my or, uh, my son died. Yes, but God knows and understands that. Not only did His son die on the cross, but He had to punish His son for me. What right then do I have to, to get mad or angry at God? Zero. Because, and that's, ladies and gentlemen, is hope. Because Christ died on the cross for us. He sent his baby son, who we are going to remember as, key, right? That's what the whole season is his little son. And he grew up to be the, the uh, atonement, can't say appreciation. Atonement for our sins. And He gave us hope. And is hope. And the hope, not just like as we talked about, there's hope in the past, the present, and the future. And we still have hope, even though if things get bad, we have to hold on to the hope who is Jesus Christ. Because if everything is gone, guess what? We won. If everything is shattered, we're okay. Because we have that hope. I hope it doesn't come to that. But even if it doesn't, we have to hold on to Jesus Christ. We have to understand the riches of what we have, ladies and gentlemen. It's important to understand what we have in Christ. So I encourage you, as we go through this, as we close, oh, Jesus. Know him in a way that you've never known him before. Know about him. Read about him. Understand what he did. And be a hope and share the hope. We cannot, ladies and gentlemen, church, in this day and age, we absolutely cannot afford to take the cover and put it on the light. We have to shine it. We have to. It's not something that we, we might do. We have to. One, Jesus told us to. Paul told us to. We have to be the light. And to have that hope that is in Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we just thank you. And uh, Lord, I do just pray for for myself and for this congregation and for all the churches around the world as we go into Christmas, Lord, that we would understand what hope and who hope is and not just a, a traditional sentiment, but something that is true and that we can take to the bank and say, God paid it for us. He paid the debt so that we can have hope and have eternal life. And as Christians, it's not when, or it's not if, it's when we see Christ. And Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, as we go through this, I do pray that we would honestly, truly understand. And that we would be the light of the world. And that we would know the peace and the love and the hope. But we understand who it came from. And that we share it with others.